being here. I'm sure all of you um, have your your cups are already overflowing, and it's basically like no more, right? But I'm uh, glad you're here. On the back tables, we kind of give you just a little sample of how we set up our uh, outreach tables over on my far right, uh, your left. We have our new move-ins, and inside there is the, um, how we break it up in our valley. We have basically four sections. We have East Lancaster, East Palmdale, West Lancaster, and West Palmdale. And so that if you go to that area, uh, we'll have three new move-ins um, already kind of attached to, uh, together so that you don't be driving in you know, all the different directions. So it's a little, lot more effective that way. Along there, there should be a new move-in uh, bag. Uh, basically, you could take a peek at that and see what's in there. Um, and then also, if they're not home, we do leave the gift at the door. And there's a little note that basically says, sorry, we missed you. And on the back side, there's some printed, uh, just a statement there. Sorry we missed you. Hope this would be a blessing to you. If we could be of help to you, please let us know. And that's on that. Uh, the middle table is um, our new move, our uh, visitor's gift. In other words, these people have visited the church. We go back into their homes, and we say we'd like to bring a gift by to you and to thank you for visiting our church. So that when we call and make an appointment, our main emphasis is just, hey, we have a gift that we'd like to present to you. And that will kind of get us entrance to get into the home and to sit down and witness to them and to see where they're at in their spiritual journey. And then over on the far left, uh, your right, is our, just our outreach, our soul winning. Uh, we're using uh, two different um, processes regarding our, what we call just door-to-door. -door. We have the soul winning app. I think if you have not visited the... Um, their table in the um, Walther Center, I would encourage you to do so. Um, and we're using that the electronic way. And then also we're doing the paper way because we're a little bit slow and just transitioning totally electronically. Uh, but that's where we want to go uh, because uh, that app does have a lot of helpful information. It's live material that you're getting back. In other words, you can look at, um, like if today was Saturday and we're all going out, um, I could see exactly where you guys are at and how many doors you're doing and I'll have instant report from your activities versus waiting for you to come back in and sign in your doors. This is Tommy. Tommy, raise your hand. I was just talking about your soul winning swap. Yeah. And uh, Tommy is the one and him is uh, Brad are the ones that kind of put this together. Uh, so if you do have any information, um, any questions regarding that, you could definitely see them. But that's pretty much what we, we do for our outreach um, and uh, I think we, there's one other, which is like community outreaches, and we don't have that one up. And basically, we don't do that every week, uh, but there's certain times we're doing something in the community. Um, we have people sign up um, and to be a part of that type of outreach, okay? So thank you for being with us. My name is Jerry Furso. I've been here for 30 years. And um, maybe for some of you, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. Um, my, my parents were semi-Roman Catholic, I guess. I may probably name and only. Um, I got invited to church. My sister got saved. Um, I think she was about 20 years old, um, and she invited me to church. She tried different ways to get me to church, uh, youth rallies, um, revivals, missions conferences. And that really, you know, as a 15-year-old teenager, I wasn't really interested in that. 
And then she got to my level, and she said, hey, there's a girl I want you to meet. <laughs> and so at 15 years old, um, I went to church to meet a girl. And that was my whole purpose of going to church. And that girl, make a long story short, uh, that she wanted me to meet is my wife now. And we've been married for 40 years. And, and through that is how I got involved in the area of sharing my faith. Um, I got saved shortly after my mom died. Uh, my mom was 41 years old, and she had a brain aneurysm. Mom was there one day, and she was gone the next. And for a teenager, I realized for the first time that life was fragile. You could be here today and gone tomorrow, and you'd be in eternity. And at that time, I didn't know if it was heaven or hell. And of course, I was hoping it was heaven uh, based on uh, living a good life and trying to live uh, by the Ten Commandments even though I didn't know what the Ten Commandments were, um, I endeavored to live by those. And uh, through that, I heard the gospel, uh, accepted Christ as my Savior. And then I had one of my youth leaders came up to me and said, hey, I want you to go out with me soul winning. I had no idea what that was and kind of pushed that off. We went to camp. Uh, we went to the wilds. It was 1976. And um, they had these different workshops. I don't, have them, I don't think they have them anymore. I could be wrong, but I don't think they do. And I signed up for the personal evangelism workshop. And the only reason why I signed up for it, I didn't even know what it was, but I signed up for it because the girl I like, my wife, Bonnie, uh, she signed up for that. And so I went, my first adventure going in there, the guy stopped me at the door and says, you can't come in this workshop. And I said, well, I signed up for it. He said, well, your hair's too long. And so back in the you know, 70s, I had long hair. And, uh, and I said, well, I'd get a haircut, but there's no barber shop here. And he said, oh, yes, there is. I said, where's that? He says, right there. And there was a chair there. And, um, and he said, I will cut your hair if you want to go into the workshop. And so I was willing to get a haircut for this girl that I was madly in love with. And um, so I got my haircut, and Tom Farrell taught the class. And so I listened, and I had no idea what he was talking about. I just looked at that girl the whole time. <laughs> At the end of that workshop, uh, I think it was a Thursday or Friday, we jumped on a bus, we went to Bavard, and we got teamed up with somebody to, to go out passing out tracks. And I got off the bus, and, and I just looked at the guy that I was with, I said, I'm glad I'm going out with you. And he says, why? Because I said, I've never done this before, and I don't even know what we're doing. He says, neither do I. And so we got teamed up together, probably not the smartest way to team people up. But we, we got our gospel tracts, and we kind of held on to them like they're $100 bills. And, and we, we saw people coming our way, and we just turned our back, and we kind of just kind of went into our holy huddle, and we didn't talk to anybody. We didn't pass out one track. And then one of the workers came up to us, hey, how are you guys doing? We said, we're doing good. How many tracks did you pass out? None. <laughs> you know? And so he kind of challenged us. And I was a little bit slow on my feet, so as he walked away, the guy I was with, he says, you pass out the first one, then I'll pass out the second one. And I said, okay. And so a guy was walking towards us. He was probably, you know, 40, 50 years old. And so I walked up to him and said, here's a brochure to tell you about heaven. And he took it. Very good. All right, you're a little <laughs> slow, even though you're on the front row. And uh, so he took it, and I ran. That's all I did. I said, here's a brochure to tell you how you can go to heaven. I got about 20, maybe 15 yards away from him, and I turned around, and I looked at him, and he was reading the track. And for me, it was one of those defining moments. And for the first time, I realized that, wow, God could use somebody 
like me. And from that point forward, I began to learn how to be a, a witness or to share my faith. I was teamed up with this guy from our home church where I grew up in the Chicago suburbs. His name was Tom. My name's Jerry. And we went out every Saturday morning as Tom and Jerry. And um, I was the silent partner, okay? And I'll tell you what, I was the very best silent partner in this way. I never interrupted Tom. I, I just, I was the, I, you know, I played with kids, pet the dog, um, prayed for him. I, I never, because I thought that was my calling in life. I am called to be the silent partner. And about, about eight months into the whole process, Tom looked at me and says, okay, next week you're going to talk. I said, no, 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 you're the talker, I'm the silent partner. He said, no, next week. And so I prayed. I didn't even know what the rapture was, but I began to be praying for the rapture. Lord, come quickly. Because uh, I was scared to death about talking to people. And I remember that Saturday. And, and that whole week I practiced. Uh, I stood before a mirror. I witnessed to myself, and he got saved every day, you know. And he never gave me any tough questions back, you know. He just responded, yes, 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 and he prayed. And, um, and then that Saturday came. And I remember that first door I went to. Tom says, okay, this is your door. So with all the courage I had in my might, I knocked on the door. I looked at Tom and said, no one's home. <laughs> I put the truck in the door. He said, knock on the door. And so I knocked. And I just prayed, Lord, help no one to be home, please. And thank God he answered my prayer. No one was there. I put the track in there. And I kind of stuck out my chest, and I said, Tom, the next door is yours. I didn't realize there was going to be a door after that that was going to be mine. And I remember I knocked on the door, and a guy named Steve opened up the door. And I, I was 16 years old, and Steve was probably 25. And I asked Steve, I said, Steve, uh, you know, this is, my name's Jerry, this is Tom, and, and we're from, you know, tell him, tell him the name of the church. And I said, we're in your community today um, asking people a very important question. He said, what's that? And I asked him the question. If you die today, are you 100% sure you'd spend eternity in heaven? And he looked at me and says, no, I don't know that. I said, would you like to know that? He said, yes. So I went through the Romans road. Man, I, I, I knew the illustrations. I knew the key words. And I went through it. Went all the way down to Romans 10, 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I said, see, this is a wonderful promise. The Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. I said, that's a promise. Now, there's a condition. You've got to ask for it. I practiced everything up to that moment. And I asked him, would you like to claim that promise? And he said, yes. And I froze. Because honestly, I never thought that I would ever be able to lead somebody to Christ. And I looked at Tom and I said, take it over because I didn't know what to do and so I stepped away and and Tom kind of wrapped up some of the things maybe corrected some things I said that was maybe wrong and 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 then he led Steve in the sinner's prayer and accepted Christ as his savior so I said all that to say this if I could do it any of you can do it and anybody in your church can do it because God is no respecter of persons and if somebody is quiet and reserved and bashful that, that I am, and are you thinking, no, you're not, you know, you got that. No, I am. I, I, I'm probably the quietest person in this room. But I realize that God has a calling upon all of our lives. Yes. And he has challenged us and commissioned us and commanded us 
to take this message to every single person as we possibly can. So that's what we're going to talk about. First of all, in your outlines, and I'm sorry, I don't have a PowerPoint. Uh, I'm probably the most, out of our staff, probably, maybe, may, I might be a notch above pastor um, in the sense of the ability of doing technical stuff, okay? Um, so I'm sorry. You got the notes, though, okay? You got to fill in the blanks. So I'll, I'll, we'll kind of go fly through this, okay? We'll see, first of all, the importance of personal soul winning. Uh, the importance of personal soul winning. I, I read this verse, uh, honestly, this morning. I came across this kind of in my devotions, and I said, this is a great verse. I'm going to use it this morning. Romans 15, 16 says that I shouldn't be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering up of the, of the Gentiles might be acceptable, being sanctified by the Holy Ghost. Here it is, ministering the gospel of God. That word ministering is, is, comes from two words. Number one, it means sacred. It's almost like the office of the priest in the Old Testament. How his office, his function was sacred. But then that second word, is the part of it is, is the word business. As you think about we have a sacred business of ministering the gospel of Jesus Christ to our world. And it will break the world down because that's a big concept. But here is, we have a sacred business of taking the gospel to every single person. Letter A, we've been entrusted with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We've been entrusted. something that God has placed into our hands. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 11, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. Think about that. The gospel has been committed to our trust. I, I pray that we don't shrink away from our, our, our responsibility that has been committed to us. I pray that we would embrace it. I pray that we would declare it as we've all been challenged to do in a, in a greater way. But this gospel has been entrusted to us. Letter B, we must execute the carrying out the gospel. The Bible says in Mark 6, 15, And he said unto them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. I, like, I, I tell the, uh, the personal evangelism class I teach in the college uh, about this, you know, this commitment that we have. And simply this, every person at any place at any time. So as we look at, okay, who, who should we witness to? Any person, at any place, at any time. And so we must realize that we must execute, and the way we execute it is by realizing I, I should be able to witness and to share my faith at any person, with any person, at any time, at any place. And I know at times, and we're talking about being soul conscious, in other words, as we venture off this campus, as we might go to Starbucks or Walmart or or Jamba Juice, or wherever we go, we must look at that um, activity as a mission that God has called us that he'll bring people into our lives. And we must go out with looking and, and seizing those opportunities that God gives to us to share the wonderful message of Jesus Christ. We've been challenged to carry gospel tracts with us. Now, I know you're not here, you know, from here, but I wonder how many of you right now have a gospel track on your person. Now, don't, 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 don't raise it up and say, I have one. God bless you. Uh, but think about that. Okay, how about when you get home? Are you, are you being so conscious to carry gospel tracks with you? Now, I feel sorry for ladies. The reason why, because they have purses. 
and they put stuff in their purse, and they'll never see it again for the next five years, okay? Uh, but us men, we don't carry purses, at least I don't think, okay? Uh, but I'm telling you, we ought to carry gospel tracts with us. I have a routine that I go through every single day of my life. I'll put gospel tracts in my pocket, and I normally count them in the beginning of my day. and say, okay, right now I have three. And so at the end of this day, I wonder, will I have these three tra same tracks in with me? And every day I dump everything out of my pockets, and I'll look at those tracks and say, okay, I got three left now. Did I miss an opportunity? Did I miss? I, I might have been in my office the whole day. Then I go, okay, well, maybe I should get out more. But how long will I have these same, these same three tracks on my person? And so I just want to encourage you. We, we, we have to execute. We need to carry out. You know, you think about it's a command, and that command's an active command. We have to go. We need to go where the people are at. Let her see that we must engage in the sharing of the gospel. Four quick thoughts. Number one, the commission. All right, we have been commissioned by our Lord and Savior. Soul winning is an act of obedience. Okay, and, and, I, and I tell our, our college students and our church family, let, let's not focus on how many people we saw saved today. Let's focus on this, did I go out today? Because if we focus on our obedience, listen, God's going to bless our obedience. What can happen is you can get discouraged. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Every time I go out, I don't see people saved. I, I knock on their door. Oh, you're Jerry First, so we're going to, we surrender. No, this is not like that, all right? I, I mean, I have the same battling that you have to battle with and just getting people to open up the door and to talk to you. But listen, we, we must realize that God blesses obedience. And I, I believe we, we've heard a little bit about this. I hope you kind of caught it. There's three levels of obedience. The lowest level of obedience is, is fear. The second level of obedience is duty. But the greatest level of obedience is love. For the love of Christ constraineth me. I want to obey him because I love him. And because he loves me. And that ought to thrust us. Listen, I, I want to be a good husband because I realize how much my wife loves me. I want to be a better husband. She, she, she just... Uh, amazes me the, the unconditional love that she expressed to me, and, and that challenges me to love her unconditionally. But think about the perfect love that God has for you. And that ought, listen, that ought to motivate us. And, and to think about his story, that we get to share his story with every single person that we can. So the, we see the commission, number two, we see the commitment. The commitment, I believe our commitment flows from the channels of belief in the power of the gospel. Do you believe in the power of the gospel? Do you believe that the gospel transforms lives? Do you believe that? Amen. Listen, because of that, that ought to motivate us. It ought to thrust us into being radical about sharing our faith. The Apostle Paul put it this way. He said, I'm ready to preach the gospel. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. 
to everyone that believeth. So our beliefs ought to influence our behavior. If we, if we believe something deeply, it will alter our lifestyle. So the question is this, what do you believe? And how has it influenced, how has it changed your behavior? Strong beliefs produces strong commitments. If we truly believe in a hell, it all change how we live. Listen, don't tell me you believe in hell if you don't tell anybody about Christ. So, you know, our belief in a heaven and in a hell, those strong beliefs will produce small, strong commitments. Then we see, thirdly, courage. Courage or boldness is a byproduct of our personal prayer and our personal walk with the Lord. I love hearing about this in um, just the early church. You think about the disciples, you know, before Christ's resurrection and his ascension into heaven, those disciples were a lot like you and me, right? I mean, let's be honest. I mean, they were up, they were down, they were in and out, they were hot and cold. I mean, they were, they were arguing about position. I want to be the greatest, you know, you know, who is the greatest and why does he get to do that and I don't get to do that. I mean, is that like us? Okay, maybe, maybe just me, okay? But here it is. Once the resurrection took place, those men were changed. And you, and you read the book of Acts, chapter number one. I mean, they were so much ready to attack their community. Jesus said, wait a second, I want you to wait. And if I was there, I, I'd probably have to speak up. i said, why? <laughs> you resurrected. We've got to share this story. But he said, wait, because you can't do it in your own strength. It's not by our might, but it's by his power. And the way we get his power, Acts 4.31, and when they had prayed, the place was shaken. They were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. That power, that courage comes from prayer and God's presence upon our lives. And then number four is this, the, com the compassion. Compassion is the ability to feel the hurts of others in our hearts. I love what Jesus, he said in, in Matthew chapter number nine, the Bible says he saw the multitudes and then he was moved with compassion on them. I, I think sometimes we don't see, we don't see the multitude, we don't see the individual. And so we're not moved. But compassion will, will, will thrust us into action with the desire of meeting other people's needs. And the greatest need that people have is the need of Jesus and forgiveness. Number two. So we see, first of all, we see the importance of personal soul winning. And number two, we see the ingredients of promoting soul winning. First of all, how do we promote this great need? Number one is through preaching. It's got to be done from the pulpit down. It's through the preaching of the gospel and the preaching of the importance of declaring the gospel like we have, we've been hearing as a church for this calendar year. Number two is this, not only through preaching, but also through partnership. In Mark chapter 6, says, uh, verse number 7, where Jesus sent out his 12, he sent them out two by two. 
and their partnership. It, listen, why do we partner people up? For accountability, for encouragement, for safety. We, 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 we send them out two by two, and that partnership is important. We also, through powerful testimonies, that's what encourage others, just hearing, hey, this is what happened. Not, not bragging, not boasting, but people like to hear that, wow, look at what took place. Letter D, through praying. Pray, therefore, the Lord of harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Are you praying for people to go soul winning? And then letter E, through the personal touch. Think about what Jesus did when he called his 12. In Matthew chapter number 4, Jesus walking by the Sea of Galilee saw two brethren, Simon, and Simon called Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he saith unto them, follow me, I will make you fishers of men. You, you see, first of all, he said, he said, and he said unto them, follow me. We see a passionate call. Just a passionate call, hey, follow me. And then we see a personal commitment here. He says, I will make you fishers of men. Then we see a new purpose for them was, okay, I mean, we're not fishing for fish anymore. We're going to be fishing for men. But you see how Jesus went to them and said, follow me. What we need to be reminded about, we need to ask people, hey, would you be willing to sign up this, this, this past sign-up season, we call it, I'll be one. So we just ask people, hey, will you be one? And we give them this card. You've got your name, your cell number, your email, social security number, visa card number, connection group. And uh, we have all that on there for you, okay? So um, we ask them, hey, would you be a part of the fall outreach? And so we, we would have it like in a class setting. We'd pass these out. we have people sign up. And then after about two weeks of that, we start asking, hey, have you signed up yet? Hey, have you signed up to be one? And we just went around and asking people. Not, not making fee people feel, um, you know, bad. But we, listen, what does the Bible say in Hebrews chapter number 10, verse 24 and 25? We ought to be what? Provoking one another unto good works. As leaders, okay, what are we to do? We are to provoke, in love, others to do what's right. That's what we're doing. So we say, hey, have you signed up? Oh, no, I haven't. Hey, let me ask you a question. Would you be able to go out on a Saturday morning? If, listen, I'll go out with you. Listen, you don't even have to talk. All you do is just stand there and smile. I'll do all the talking. And then afterwards, we'll go out for a cup of coffee, and we'll talk about what we, what we were able to do. I'll answer your questions, and, and hey, would you go with me? Or if I, let's say I already have somebody. Hey, I know somebody that, man, I'm telling you what, you'd connect with, and all you would need to do is be a silent partner. He'll do all the talking. I'll put you guys together, somebody in our class. And so you, you just ask and try to eliminate some of those barriers that people have, all right? So a couple of ideas. I think there's, there's six in your, your notes, right? Number one, design an enrollment card. Right? You design a enrollment card. That, that's very practical. You, you probably all could do that. All right? Number two, you begin promoting these sign-ups in every service. Can I, can I just say something, okay? Uh, how many of you are like uh, assistant pastors or maybe you're a lay leader, but this is something that your pastor would want you to take over and kind of run with? How many are like that, okay? All right, now listen. All right? He may give this to you, 
but he's got to promote it. All right, even in, on our church, all right, everybody knows, okay, I'm the outreach pastor, but listen, Pastor Chapel still has to promote it. Because right? if, if I'm trying to toot this horn, but if, if, if he's not tooting, it, it's, listen, it's, it's going to sputter. Right? So, you, you know, and I'm sure your pastors understand that, but you got to remind them, hey, pastor, don't forget to announce that. Hey, put this on the pulpit for them. Put a little sticky on there. Every, okay, do everything you can, okay? And just remind them. But, but listen, it needs to be promoted from the pulpit. Number three, ask all your faithful soul winners to re-enroll. And this is for us, okay? Maybe, maybe you're not there yet. Maybe you're just getting everybody to start to enroll. But for us, it's like, Hey, you know, you got somebody that's been coming to church. You know, they've been signed up for soul winning for, for, you know, let's just say 25 years. I get the same thing every year. Do I need to re-enroll? You know I'm going out. Yes, re-enroll. Okay? And, and the reason why is because the guy next to you or the guy behind you might be encouraged to enroll because he sees you filling this out. Right. Remember what we just heard? Someone's always watching you. Right. Hello. That's why we have this. Listen, Joe, I know you're going out, but the guy behind you doesn't know that. And so you have the enrollment card. And then for us, we have a big breakfast. We have, a, we have, Saturday, we have Thursday morning, Thursday night, and Saturday morning. Um, I, there's another question. I am a new soul winner. Would like to be partnered with an experienced soul winner. They check that off. And then we have on there the, the weekly training that we've kind of heard about. They could sign up for that. Okay, It's all on this little card right there. And so for, you know, this fall season, it wasn't our best, okay? Uh, but we had, I think, right at 390 people sign up um, for our I'll Be One, okay? And so um, I'm thankful for that. I was challenged to get, uh, I think it was 500, and I fell short. Um, but it's not because we didn't work it. Um, it's just that's where we're at. Okay, we draw a line. Okay, that's where we're at. We're at 390 people going out. Let's, let's work those 390. Let's encourage them to get partnered up, and we got them partnered up. Uh, when we had a big brec breakfast, we passed out all the partners, and now it's just it's work. Hey, are you going out? Are you going out with your partner? You're, you're, you weren't here last week. I want to encourage you. Let's get out. And so it was just that encouragement. Okay, so you challenge everybody in ministry teams to be involved in so many. So you got, you got people in the choir. You got people in Sunday school. You got your ushers. Um, you know, you have parking lot. Uh, so whatever, you got your sound people. Everybody, listen. Everybody ought to be out going out soul winning. I mean, those, that's the basic. I mean, for us, when we interview people for ministry, it's like, okay, are you faithful to church? God, God. Are you tithing? Are you going soul winning? Those three are the prerequisites for ministry. Because that's bottom line Christianity. And so... We look for new members. You have a new members list, okay? All right, we have that. And so we're buttonholing those people. We send out an email. We make phone calls. We, we meet them. We have, a, we have a big banner like in our lobby area. We're getting people signed up. Um, we work it through the adult classes. And then we ask people to get involved, okay? So those are some of the six steps that we do to get people involved. And we have, you know, we have up next videos and, you know, different things like that. But not everybody has that. Okay, so first of all, we talked about uh, the importance of, of personal soul winning. Then we talked about some of the ingredients for, for promoting it. Number three, let's look at the impediments. So in other words, okay, what's hindering us 
from participating in soul winning? Number one, give you a couple thoughts. Number one is apathy. Apathy. People just get sometimes cold. Number two is rejection. They're afraid of being rejected. You know, Jesus said, I came unto my own, his own received them not. So I, you know, I look at it this way. If they rejected Jesus, they're going to reject Jared. <laughs> so I'm not, you know, in, in a sense, they're not really rejecting us. They're rejecting him. Um, but we have to be okay with that. But sometimes people are, are, that's a difficult thing for people. There was a guy in our church. He's in heaven right now. Um, and, and I'll tell you what, this guy, he, he could talk. You, you put a nickel in him, he'll talk for an hour. And he was just a, just a down-to-earth guy, uh, but he was scared to death to go out sowing. And so I said, listen, I said, he, he, was, he, was, he was my senior. He was about 20 years older than me, maybe probably even 30 years older than me. And I said, listen, well, let's go out together. I said, you know, it was an open house coming up. And I said, listen, all we'll do is just hang some flyers on the door. I said, you could do that. He said, okay. And so we went out, and we, and we just kind of talked and hanged flyers. And I said, I said, I said, Brother Bobby, I said, man, you're a great talker, man. You, everybody likes you. I said, you'd be, you'd be awesome at this. And he said this to me. He said, I just don't know how to deal with rejection. And I told him, I said, Bobby, they're, they're not rejecting you. But that was such a hard thing for him to, to get over that that obstacle of just being rejected. And we, we got to help people with that. Uh, letter C is fear. Fear of people, fear of not knowing what to say, fear of failure. These are real fears that people have. Um, you know, okay, what's the cure for fear? I think this is in your notes. A couple of thoughts. Number one is this, the reliance on the scriptures. You know, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. Man, just relying on the power of the, of the Word of God. There was a guy that I, I took out several months. Um, I reached him and his family. His name was Dave Botza. Brother Dave's in heaven right now. Uh, but Dave was, um, Dave was a very unique individual. He was like a Navy SEAL, okay? He wasn't, but he was like that. He, he did undercover work. And when, you know, people say, if, you know, I could kill you, you know. He could, okay? <laughs> and, uh, but Dave was, Dave, I said, Dave, I said, why don't you go out with me? And he said, uh, he said, oh, okay, what, what, is, what is that exactly? What does that mean? And I said, well, listen, you just go with me. You just watch. You don't have to say a word. Just, just observe. He said, okay. And boy, we went out, and man, he, he just loved it. I mean, he, he would get off work. He, he'd call me and say, hey, I'm running about five minutes. Wait, wait, please wait for me. And, and he, he just rearranged his schedule just to be everything. Every Tuesday night, we'd go together. And uh, we went out. And then I finally told him, I said, Brother Davis, the next week, you're going to talk. He said, okay. He said, I, I think I'm ready. And I said, this is what we're going to do. I'll, I'll get ourselves into the house. I'll get the conversation going. I said, Dave, I'll even ask the question. And then I'll turn it over. I said, now, Dave's going to tell you how you can know for sure you're going to happen. I said, okay, you, you, are you ready? He said, I'm going to be ready. And perfect situation. They're a younger couple. And they came to church on Sunday, and we went in. Man, we instant connection. It was, it, was, it was like, I'm thinking, this is sweet. And so I asked the question. I said, would you like to know for sure that if you die today, uh, that you're 100% sure you go to heaven? They said, sure, we'd like to know that. I said, well, now Dave's going to tell you. So Dave started witnessing. 
And honestly, about three minutes into it, I'm thinking, what in the world is he saying? <laughs> and, and honestly, I'm thinking, who trained this guy? <laughs> And I think, where's he getting this from? And, and I'm thinking, oh, no. How am I going to rescue this visit? You know? And, th and, th and then he gets down to Romans 10, 13. And I'm thinking, and I'm thinking oh, man. And he got that verse right. <laughs> and then he says, would you like to claim this promise? And I looked, and I'm thinking, my, I'm looking, I'm saying, what promise are you talking about? Because <laughs> I was totally lost. And as soon as he said that, this couple started crying. And they said, yes, we do. And I said, you do? <laughs> Couldn't believe it. And um, he had me then to kind of lead them in the sinner's prayer. They, I shared some scriptures with them, kind of, you know, <laughs> rescue the call. <laughs> and they prayed and got saved. And we walked out. And I said, man, that was an incredible day. He said, yeah, I got a little bit nervous there. And got kind of some of the verses twisted. And I, I, I'm thinking, yeah. <laughs> but here, this is what I learned. It's not us. It was the word of God and his spirit. And it, for me, it was just a moment like, hello, don't forget about me. All right? And, and so here it is. Man, don't put the pressure on us in leading the person to Christ. Man, rely on, there's a reliance on the scriptures and there's the reassurance of the Holy Spirit of God. Man, I tell you what, I learned that lesson that night in a major way. Number three is this, the resource of prayer. Listen, even Paul said, hey, pray for us. In Colossians chapter four, that we would have the wisdom and the, and the ability to utter what we ought to that we might say the right things. Number four is this. This might be a little bit different wording in your, your notes because I kind of just rewrote it. But it should be this. The coaching from a seasoned soul winner. This is, a, this is a cure for the fear of witnessing. The reliance on scripture, the reassurance of the spirit, the resource of prayer, the coaching from a seasoned soul winner. And number five, the realization that you don't win the soul. Okay, number, number five, this is, this is um, the instruction of, for presenting the gospel. This could be a whole lesson right here. But let me just give you the four major, what I call just the four major components of, of, of leading somebody to Christ. Number one, love. God loves everyone, John three sixteen. Number two, sin. All people have, are sinful and have a sinful nature from birth. Romans, you know, 3.23, Romans 5.12. Uh, listen, can I say this? Um, someone, if they don't understand their condition, okay, they're not ready to make a decision. All right? they, they need to feel their lostness. They need to have an understanding that, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm a sinner, and because of my sin, I'm separated from God. I have a need. I'm sure all of you, how many of you have ever done any counseling? Okay? I do a lot of you know, marital counseling. Listen, if they don't see that they have a need as a couple, you can't help them. All right? How many of you had somebody that, you know, they, they have an addiction, and you're trying to help them to have victory over that addiction, but they don't think they have an addiction? All right? You can't help them. All right? you, you talk to them blue in their face. But listen, until they come to the point of, hey, I have a problem, 
Um, this, this illustration comes to my mind. I was door knocking over in East Palmdale, knocked on the door. It was, it was really a follow-up visit. Or I met her mom and dad, and uh, this girl came to the door, and she was 18 years old. I normally don't talk to um, teenage girls, you know, personally. I don't. Um, but she was 18, so I thought, you know, I, I feel comfortable. The parents kind of, I met the parents. I feel a little comfortable talking to her because no one was home. I didn't go inside the house, just there on the doorstep. And her name was Mary. And I asked Mary, I said, Mary, do you know for sure you're going to heaven? And uh, she said, yeah, I'm going. And I thought, really? And, and I was a little surprised by that, to be honest with you, because I knew the parents' background. And, uh, and I, said, um, I said, okay, let me share some thoughts with you. And I kind of went through the, the Bible and got to Romans you know, 3.23 for all. So I said, come show the glory of God. I said, Mary, do you realize that you're a sinner? And she said, no. I, I never sinned before. I said, whoa. Her name is Mary. You know? So I said, well, you never sinned. I said, well, you, I said, have you ever heard of Ten Commandments? She said, yes. And I said, well, you know, one of the commandments is thou shalt not bear false witness. And what that means, Mary, is that don't tell lies. I said, Mary, have you ever told a lie before? She looked at me and said, no. You know, I wasn't worried. You know, I had nine more to go, you know, and no sweat. And I said, okay, Mary, I said, well, you know, the, you know, the Bible says one of the other commandments is thou shalt not covet. Is there any, did you ever want something? You just kind of had, I want that. And it just kind of was eating you up. I mean, maybe it was an outfit that some, uh, some other girl had. Uh, maybe a boyfriend that another girl had and you didn't have one. You just kind of coveted it. No, I, I never coveted anything. It's okay. And I said, well, you know, the Bible says thou shalt not steal. I said, do you ever take some, how about this, how about did you ever steal an answer from somebody in the class during test day? Or did you ever take something that wasn't yours, even if it was just a cookie? You just took it because you wanted it. Did you ever go to a hotel and just take something out of the hotel because you like a hanger? You know? uh, and that's from Sunday morning, okay? And, uh, and she says, no, I've never taken anything. Now I'm getting nervous. You know, she is married, you know? So, and I said, well, how about this? You know, the Bible says thou shall not murder. Now, Mary, I, I know, I'm sure you haven't murdered anybody. But, you know, Jesus said this. If you have hatred in your heart to somebody, you've already committed murder in your heart. Is there anybody you don't like? She looked at me and she said, no. Nobody. And I'm thinking, no. Okay. And I've never used this verse. You want to probably write this down. Okay? I never used this verse before. Ephesians 6.1. Right? You all know what that is? Yeah. It's on our refrigerator. Every parent has it there. Okay. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. I quoted that verse to her. I don't know why. And I said, Mary, have you always obeyed your parents? And this big smile came, came on her face. She said, no, who does that? <laughs> and I said, you're a sinner. <laughs> and she said, I guess I am. I said, you're a liar, you're a thief. And a, you know, I went through it all. But listen, she couldn't get saved until she understood she had a need. And it was a joy to see her mom and dad come to Christ and, and you know, just praise the Lord for that. But, you know, sin, you can't gloss over that. And I'll tell you what, here it is. This is where you don't have to really emphasize this part, but I do touch on it. It's when you're making a hospital visit. Why? Because they know they have a need. It's, it's right there. But when you're out and just out and about and make sure you don't gloss over that, then there's forgiveness, 
and then faith. Forgiveness, life-changing forgiveness only comes by the way of the cross and faith by putting your total trust in what Jesus Christ did for you. So those are pretty much four, what I call four spiritual laws. Um, of course, that, you know, that term's not mine, okay? Uh, that leads to salvation. Um, but those are the, what I call the big pillars that I want to make sure I touch uh, when I'm sharing the gospel, okay? All right, at this time, I, we've got, uh, we got 15 minutes. Brother Williams, I think, is Brother, Brother Williams, why don't you come and join us uh, up here? Brother Williams uh, uh, helps and leads uh, our um, college outreach. He meets with the college students. Brother Williams, can you come up here, please? And um, he helps with uh, meeting with them on, on Saturdays. So what we're going to do is you have any questions uh, regarding um, how we do things here, um, please let us know, okay? Any questions at all? Yes, sir. Yeah, so with the uniqueness of COVID, uh, as the one who, obviously we lose the pastor, is, as you said, he champions it as well, but how do you stay encouraged when trying to recruit folks in, in this weird season? Okay, very good question. Uh, I'll tell you what, it, you know, some people ask me this. They say, man, did you kind of not have to work for a couple months? Honestly, we were busier during COVID than any other time. It was amazing. I mean, I didn't take one day off. I mean, it was just like, man, we, we started and we, we started making house visits and, and uh, to our members first. I mean, we, we made visits every single day to our folks. Now, some of our folks, they didn't want to answer the door. We left notes. We left candy bars. I mean, we had, we had different things that we drop off, and we just stay connected with our church body, okay? When we began to phase into getting our church family involved in outreach, we made it light. In other words, we just asked them to come out to hang flyers. And then, so that, that got the ball kind of rolling. And uh, so if you're not, uh, because of this season, if you're not... Um, actively involved yet that would be one step now the college brother williams why don't you share what we did with the college students now this, this is something we do on the church side too okay but this is what we did on the college talk about the different projects right you know with uh with the, of course the, the covid uh, kind of shut down in our area um, we found that there were just basic areas you know take for instance uh, we call them love works projects uh, we did uh, bottle distributions where we would have groups of teens that would go out and they just take water bottles and uh, they would take gospel tracts and we'd go out to uh, the Lowe's uh, parking lot areas, grocery stores, parks, and we'd hand those water bottles out. Uh, one project we did, we found uh, last spring, grass still grows. And so uh, we had uh, put together uh, a lot more teams. They would go to different neighborhoods and just cut grass and great opportunity. We saw you know several people coming to Christ with washes so we got innovative with just putting together just we call them love works projects and so forth and again we were a little bit hindered you know of course when you knock on the doors at the time but we found that you know people are still out and about and uh, we just generated some of those types of projects and we were careful about that uh, when we went out uh, in the beginning uh, our soldiers wore masks and we wore gloves and um, and so we, we were very sensitive in that area and so we told them, if, you, if, you, if, if someone's out, and they, you have to read them. And there are some people, when, they, when you approach them, they, they back off, they get all nervous. We respect that. Um, and we wouldn't say anything. Hey, don't worry, you know, I don't believe in this, all this. All this. No. Um, I got a mask on. No, don't, you don't argue. You just go to the next door. 
because listen, you had no idea what's going on in that person, all right? And so you got you to be, be thoughtful about that. Okay? But that's how we handled it. And then now we're, we're coming out now. I mean, we had the, you know, the big sign up. Really, we just finished it just a couple weeks ago. Uh, no, longer than that, probably about three weeks ago now. Okay? Yes, sir. Yes, we have, for us now, we transitioned to Thursdays. We have Thursday morning, Thursday night, and Saturday. We have our outreach through our adult classes, our connection groups. And so, like, for my class, I'll have, um, um, it will say um, outreach on there. And ha I'll have everything that you have back there at my table. So if you're in my couples class, maybe you and, and your friend next to you, maybe you have to go out Monday night. So you'll get a map or new movements, and you'll just go out together, and, and you'll do that. Or you might take a, a map and go out you know, on, on Friday. So we, we do allow that, and we kind of partner people up that, uh, up that way. And when they sign up, if they can't go out on one of these dates, they'll let us know, and then we'll try to partner them up that way. And so they, number, here's a good, another good way, a good thing, is that they don't have to come to church then to meet. We like the meeting, though. Pastor likes to see people. I like to see people. Uh, it builds a sense of synergy and encouragement, and there's excitement. Um, but I know sometimes just some guys, some schedules, it's, it's really hard to do that. So we try to be sensitive in that area. Um, we used to do this. Uh, we called it four outreach, okay? And what I mean by four outreach, um, I don't have the marker here, but we had those four quadrants in our valley. East and West Lancaster, East and West Palmdale. And on Thursday nights, we would have four different meetings. And they would be the, the one on East Lancaster, we'd meet at the church. West Lancaster would meet at a Starbucks. West Palmdale would meet at a Starbucks. And East Palmdale would meet at, there were all diff four different Starbucks, three different Starbucks. And they would all meet there. And uh, we'd pass out calls for that area. But that's how we handled that. Okay? Yes, sir. You mean time-wise or length? Uh, uh, time-wise, we don't really give them a time. Um, you know, we start at 9.30. Most people start coming back around noon. So um, that's what we've done. Now for this, uh, what we've asked was, um, I think it's um, a 10-week commitment to go out. Uh, and, and this is what we've learned, is that when there's, it's, it's easier for people to make a commitment when they know there's a be beginning and an end, okay? Yeah. And if you look at it, we end right around Thanksgiving. Now, Thanksgiving then kicks in with what we call our Thanksgiving outreach. We deliver food baskets and things like that. And then we have Christmas, and then we have a big outreach for Christmas. So it's not like we're not doing soul winning. We're just kind of doing it in a different format, if that makes sense, okay? But they like the beginning and end because they say, hey, we're asking you to go out for 10 weeks and kind of make that commitment. Okay. Did you raise your hand, man? No? Okay. All right. Anybody else this section? Yes, sir? You know, I, uh, if you would, just email me your name. and your, you Just email me, and I'll send you the information. Okay? Jerry.Furso at LancasterBaptist.org. And here it is. Uh, Pastor said we get it once a month. We get it every week. Every Monday, I'll get something in my mailbox, email. And it's uh, for us right now, we're getting... 
um, approximately, give or take, okay, 100 new move-ins every week. All right. So let me walk you through this, okay? No, no. But here it is. About five years ago, our new move-ins stunk. And that was the reason why. And so we pretty much, we, we kept on getting them. Because right. uh, it it's not a whole lot of money. Um, but we weren't really using them. Until probably about two years ago, when we were getting a, a, a boom in our economy and some people are moving here. And so uh, this is what we do, okay? So we get the list every Monday morning. I have a volunteer that comes in and downloads that and attaches them to those maps. Let me run back here real quick. And so this is what we produce, okay? So you got the name, you got their address, and, um, and we have please text, so they don't have to come back to church, please text your response and what happened at the door, okay? So we get this, and what we do with this, okay, we send them a letter. So on Monday, we'll get the list, we'll download it, we'll make these. We send out a letter to these homes, welcoming them to our valley, and in the letter, we just said, one of our outreach members is going to come by and drop off a gift for you and to welcome you to our valley. So we send the letter out. So then the next week, this then would be out on the tables. So that when you knock on their door, hi, my name's Jerry from Lancaster Baptist Church. We want to welcome Mr. and Mrs. Smith. We want to welcome you to our valley. And we, we have a gift for you. See, they already then in their minds said, that's right, I got this letter saying someone's coming by. Yep. So the letter kind of cultivates that door knock when you're presenting that new moving gift. And here it is. This is the cool thing, okay? We've got people that came to church before our soul winner even got to their door. Amen. They got the letter, and then they said, hey, let's go visit that church, okay? So that's how we work that, okay? Um, yes, sir? Yeah, so I have a question about the evangelism training. Okay. Right, right. Yes. Um, well, for our altar workers, for us, um, that's our staff and our deacons. Okay. okay. That's how we work our altar workers. Um, then um, for the, the assignment of visitors, okay, guests that have come that fill out a connection card, okay, we give those to the connection groups. So we assign those to those teachers. Um, so we wouldn't just take, oh, because we realize the value of this visitor, all right? So we don't, we, like Pastor said, I think in one of his sessions, he said, we just don't put cards on the table and people go out and pick them up. Right. Uh, no, these are like $1,000 bills. You know, we, we're very, very uh, careful in how we assign these, okay? Um, now, let's just say, let's just say Brother Reggie, I, I trained him, he went to the training, he's gone out with me, and now I'm going to team him up. This is how we do it. So after I train him, all right, what we do is then we put him with another guy that is, we would say, maybe more like his peer, okay? 
And then they sharpen each other. And then what we do is we watch to see, okay, are they bringing anybody into the church? So they're not, they're not working with the staff now. They're working with two laymen. Okay, they've both been trained. Now it's okay. Let's see what happens there. So if we start seeing them bringing visitors, then guess what happens then? Then we're able then to entrust them. Okay? See, what did, what did Paul tell Timothy? Timothy, commit thou to faithful men. Okay? So we're just going to see, okay, are they going to be faithful in this area? And if they are, then we're going to entrust in them. Okay? But we never, listen, we never feel bad because, listen, they may, but they, this is what they may do. And listen, we have people come every week just by an invitation then left at their door. All right? So, you know, we, sometimes we just don't know who left those tracks at the door unless you use a swap, and then we know, all right, we know who did it, okay, because they sign in, they, they electronically did that. Okay, I saw a hand over here, I think. Yes, sir? Was that, was that good? Okay, cool. I'm sorry? Um, well, for first-time guests, we use the mugs. Okay. Uh, the new move-ins, it's, it's really cheap. It's a uh, paper clip uh, that goes on, a magnet that goes on the refrigerator. But we all use those. And, and I think they're just a great little gift. And, and they're done nicely. Um, and then inside the, the bag, there's uh, just information about the church. Okay? Yes, sir? You do the, and maybe I'm crossing wires here, you said that you have the sign-up cards. Is that for the 10-week commitment then? So yes, sir. Okay, I'll be one. And then... Um, we do it in the fall and in the beginning of the year. Okay, that's what I was going to kind of get to. So we do it tw twice a year. Okay, the time yeah. of year then you do a fall and winter then, or fall and spring. Okay. Uh, and is that similar to, a, for instance, like a mission giving push when the pastor's presenting? Does he uh, preach on outreach and stuff like that, as you said? Um, in the fall, it, it, he would be more likely to preach on outreach and sowing. In the wintertime going into the spring, no. Because that's when he talks about normally in January he's preaching on the family, and in February it's normally about stewardship. Okay, and then, um, but then we're we're working a lot of that. It, it's on the um, what we call up next. Okay, it's being promoted that way, and then through the adult classes. Because how we sign up and how we connect people is through the smaller groups. Right. All right. So on here it says connection group, and so they'll put their connection group. And so the way we sort it out is by connection groups. And so basically, I'll look at a, a group, okay, and say, wow, you know, that's one of our larger classes, but they only have two people signed up. So what's wrong there is that the teacher's not promoting it, or just forgot, or maybe he didn't turn the cards in. Okay, so one of those things, so you just basically, hey, Brother Williams, hey, I didn't get in your cards yet. Yeah, I got them in my Bible. Well, hey, can I have them? <laughs> you know? Or he said, you know what? I forgot to promote it this week. I'll get it next week. That's all that is. And so we have to kind of work together on that. Um, so, yes, ma'am. Um, I have two questions. They might cross over. Okay. Um, one of them is, what is the creative way you guys keep mentioning different ideas? Like, what's the park and doing water? Um, perhaps in the mountain, do you have a list of ideas that you guys have, creative ideas that you've done through children? And then the second question is, um, from Washington State, and it jumps. Any um, ideas for outreach? We do, we do door knocking, but we end up with dead mics. Um, but dumps. It dumps what? It dumps rain, sorry. What is that? <laughs> we, 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 we don't know what rain is. It hasn't rained here in three years. 
Yes. Let me give you just a couple ideas, and Brother Williams, if I forget some, jump in here, okay? These are some of the things that we do, okay? We have what we call, I don't know if you guys, I don't know if there's, if you have commuter lots, okay? I don't, uh, you, you have, uh, um, we have commuter lots, we have transportation lots, um, and so what we do is that we put together um, giveaways, and we make this easy for our members, okay? And so what it is, it's just a, uh, could be a, um, those breakfast bars. And what we do is we, we don't do that every week, but we do it when we have a big invite. Christmas is coming up, we'll be doing it, okay? And so we'll have a little breakfast bar with the, the Christmas invite on it. We have people out there, hey, good morning, here's a little something from Lancaster Baptist Church. And we pass those out. Sometimes we do coffee, okay? But we go in those areas where there's people. So you, get, you got to think about your area. Um, we, we do outreaches to our um, law department, our police department. Okay, we go there. Same thing. We'll have something. Uh, we, we, they like monster drinks. Okay, so I get monster drinks. I put uh, a trail mix to it, put a rubber band around there with the invite. Okay, we put those out on there. We go to different, they have different times for their briefings. And, and, and I've been doing this for years to the station, so they know me, and I don't have a problem getting in there. Uh, but we work that. Uh, we've been really trying to work with our medical, with the nurses. So we, we, we've got some inroads there. It's a little bit more challenging, uh, but it's something that you probably should look into. Um, we do parks. Parks is, a, excuse me, parks is a big thing, and because it's open. Just go there, set up a booth. Okay, this is what we're going to do in two weeks, all right? We had some farmers say, hey, we're going to grow some pumpkins. Would you guys like some pumpkins? Well, how many pumpkins are you talking about? Uh, 10,000. Okay. Well, how much are they going to cost us? Nothing. We're going to grow them and give them to you. We'll take them. <laughs> All right? So we got 10,000 pumpkins. All right? So what we're going to do is we're going to set up pumpkin stands at parks, and we have signs designed, and we should be picking them up probably this week, and it says free pumpkins. And so basically what we're going to do is we're going to have those there, and we're going to have a, a, a flyer made for pastor series called Overcomers and some of the preaching titles there, and we're going to be passing those out to people. And, and we're just giving them a pumpkin. Hey, you want free pumpkin? Here it is. And so that's something, okay? Uh, we've done car washes. We've done uh, lawn care. We've done curb painting, uh, the numbers. Um, uh, let's see. We, 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 we've teamed up with, the, with, the, with our, our city, and we've cleaned up lots. We've got one coming up on October 30th. We teamed up with Lancaster to uh, clean the highways. Okay, so um, we're putting um, the members that we really don't want on that one. Okay, <laughs> um, what, which ones did I forget? You know, we uh, we started a ministry years ago. The um, we call it business outreach. Yeah, that's a good one. And, and, and here it is with those. If the, you, think, you talk about those little booklets that, you know, pastors talk about, hey, have them in your lobby. Listen, those are cheap. Listen, you, you have to, listen, if you want your church to grow, you've got to think big. All right? And some of it's resources. But take a special offering. Hey, we want to reach out to our business community. And, and there might be, only, you might have 20 that you want to reach out to. All right? Well, get 20 little booklets. Honestly, I, I 
it might be $40 for 20 of them. But then you put a little invite in and say, hey, listen, we're going to have maybe, a, a, maybe have a luncheon and have a, a leadership lesson. But, but think, okay, how can we reach out to that segment? Um, that was a good one. Um, we, and we've had, we've had John Tykert speak at it. Um, and we've, we've had different people do the um, business leaders luncheons. But that, that was a, and also what we've done, um, our teens have served dinner to the football team before they play on Friday nights. And so they, 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 they like spaghetti. It's, it's cheap. It's easy. You probably know how to make spaghetti. So just say, okay, hey, let's get into these high schools. Let's say, hey, we'll provide a meal for the football team. All right? Years ago, I was the, uh, the chaplain at, for the Roseman High School football team. And uh, I'd go there and pray for, the, for, pray for a team before they started. And, and through that, it, I, we don't have to. We're on overtime right now, so if you want to leave, go ahead. Um, but the coach called me. He was one of our members, a guy I led to Christ. And uh, I, I reached his family. Let me say that. I reached his family. Not, I didn't lead him to Christ. He was saved. Um, he called me and said, hey, listen, I got a guy on a team and he's going through some relational problems. How can I help him? And so I started telling him, hey, this is what you ought to do, and kind of gave, gave him some ideas. And then he said, um, he said hey, do, do you think you could come and just pray for our team before a game? I said, I'd love to do that. And um, so I'd go Friday night, and you know, I, I didn't know what to expect. I had my Bible with me. I thought maybe he was going to say, Get, you got five minutes to challenge the guys. I walked in the locker room, and he's yelling and screaming, kind of saying some things I cannot say. Um, and then he kind of looked at me, and we said, we have this father over here, and he's going to pray for us. And he says, you got 10 seconds. Said, okay. So I just prayed. And, uh, and it was almost like I had the plague. I stood on the sideline. None of the players talked to me. I mean, they saw me and they kind of went around me. It was like I had COVID or something. And uh, so I just stood there and they won. And um, that week during practice, some of the guys said, hey, is that guy going to come pray for us again? <laughs> and he said, yeah, I think he is. And the coach went to the, the defensive coordinator, who's the member of our church, and said, hey, can you have that guy come pray for us again? And so I did, and we won again. <laughs> third, third, third week in a row, hey, can he go again? He said, yeah, I think he's coming. And they won again. The fourth week, I couldn't make it. So Kerry Schmidt used to be on staff, and he was like the, the youth pastor. And um, I said, hey, Kerry, I said, would you go for me? I said, I can't go. Well, he went and prayed, and they lost. <laughs> So the team came back to me. They, the, the guy said, hey, listen, they don't want that guy. They want you to come pray. <laughs> and so I prayed at their games, and they won every single game. And so I had this idea. I said, wow, you know, we, you know, we got a, a road. I mean, they liked me. They were high-fiving me. They, you know, they give me a bear hug when they scored a touchdown. And I was all a part of it. And, um, and so they went to the um, – um, they were going to the state finals. And um, – so I said, hey, I told the coach, I said, listen, what we'd like to do is we'd like to honor this team and our service. Because my idea is, okay, let's get them underneath the gospel. And I uh, said, so, okay, we'll do it on this day. And so it was on the Sunday. Well, anyway, something terrible happened. One of the coaches um, messed around with the game films that they sent to the other, the other team before the big championship game. And the game was supposed to be on Saturday. That Friday, they got disqualified. Um, it, it, was, it was terrible. And were you here when that happened? You don't think? Anyway, well, I went. They had like a press conference. I went that, that Friday, that Saturday morning, and, and they just wouldn't turn it over. They, the, the kids lost. They had, the team that they beat went and uh, went to that state final. Well, anyway, I said, listen, we're still going to honor you guys tomorrow. You guys still come. 
you guys didn't do one thing wrong. So they came, uh, pastor preached, and we, you know, we had him on a platform, we clapped for him, we cheered for him, and uh, we had, I think there was like, I had a team, of course, you know, not all the kids came, we had about 25, 26 kids that came that, that Sunday morning, all the coaches came. Anyway, during the invitation time, I'm standing there, and, and, and the key guy was the running back, Jeremiah Day, and uh, he's standing there, and I looked at him, he looked at me, and I could just tell, he, you know, they were all so devastated by what took place. I went up to him and said, Jeremiah, I said, man, you need to get saved. Mm. And he said, you're right. I said, come on. <laughs> and when he came forward, every single member of that team came forward except one kid. And it was like revival broke out. And all we did, we just got involved in the community. You know, hey, serve some spaghetti. Um, we could tell you about the police officers that got saved. You, you, listen, you've heard pastors say this, get involved in your community. All right? We're not Seattle. Maybe you have to get umbrellas. Pass those out. You can go to Dollar Bill Store and buy those. Pass them out. Um, you know, I don't know. You know, those are some of the ideas, okay? All right? All right? You guys, you guys, got, you guys are going to be late for lunch, man. You guys don't want to listen to me anymore. You got one more? Oh, swap. S-W-A-P-P. S-W-A-P-P. So winning app. I got the stuff right over here. Okay. All right, anybody else? Hey, God bless you, man. Thanks for coming.